This interview is made possible by my friends at Athens Screen Printing, HP Overhead Door Company, Speedy Tech Repair, and Tinsley Law and Title. Their sponsorship makes it possible for me to provide free content to the community. Please say thank you by visiting each of their Facebook pages. Hello, friends. It's Michael from Hannigan Media, and I am here with Henderson County Judge Wade McKinney for our weekly interview. How you doing, sir? Doing good, Mike. Thank you. All right. So, guys, we're going to get right to this. We got a lot to cover. Uh, we're going to talk about the November election, some special stuff that's happening with that. We're going to talk about the burn ban, a question I've been getting quite a bit lately. Uh, and we're going to talk about, of course, COVID and where the numbers are. But let's start with the November election. Everybody's thinking about that uh, coming up. You guys have put some things in place just recently. We did. Uh, Tuesday, we signed the uh, approved the order calling for the November 3rd election. And in that process, we were uh, actually bringing on through help in cooperation with the city of Athens. We're actually going to use the Texan this year as a early voting site to help meet social distancing requirements and what is believed to be probably the largest election we have, we've had in modern times. Well, there you go. So that's going to be a big help uh, with the Texan. It's going to be much easier to spread out. Uh, I know uh, Ms. Denise Hernandez will be happy to have a little more room. Yes. Gets a little tight back there in her offices uh, during a regular election. And you're right, uh, presidential election, always a big election. This one going to be just as big as, as any other, maybe bigger. So early voting, they've added a little extra time this year to, to help spread things out again because of COVID. It's going to start the 13th. 13th of October, yes. They added four days um, to allow for you know social distancing and all of those to be sure that everyone is being able to be serviced. Okay, so now, if I remember rightly, early voting for our um, county are, is in three areas. Yes. There's going to be the um, substation in Chandler. Yes. The, the Civic Center. Civic Center. Okay, Civic there Center. you go. The Civic Center in Chandler, yes. another situation where a little more room to right. to social distance. I know Seven Points is a low location usually for it. Are we going to be up there? We will. We are currently looking to find a larger location at Seven Points as well. We're still looking because uh, they vote at the Seven Points City Hall now. Right. It's a smaller location. It's a smaller location. But, um, we do have time. If we can get, we've got a line on a couple of locations to allow for um, a larger building to do it. But there will still be early voting yes, in the yes. Seven Points location. Seven Points area, yes. and we will um, if the move, if there is a move this year from the norm to a bigger place because of you know COVID restrictions, we will get that out. That'll yes. be something that'll be yes. put out quite yes, a bit. Exactly, I'm sure. there'll be quite a bit of advertisement, and we'll take an action of the court. Okay. To have it done. And then, of course, the last place will be in Athens, um, and this year it'll be at the Texan. It'll be very, very uh, nice to be at the Texan if you haven't been in there. Uh, hey, come vote just so you can see how exactly. nice the facility is. It is. That place is really something. Yeah, I love it. But it'll be great because it'll be uh, so much more room hmm. that you'll that you'll have that, to, to do your voting. And the parking. And the parking, <laughs> Much yeah. better parking. Much better parking. Okay, so um, 
November election. We've got that all set up. Early voting going to start the 13th. Um, things are really starting to heat up with the election. They, they are. And one thing we didn't touch on that is really impacting how we vote is there's no more straight ticket balloting. And yeah. it used to, you know, there, there was a, a segment that would go in, click one, submit and go. But that's not available any longer yeah. after the legislature voted to change pull, it. Pull that one lever. Yeah, now God, that's me. How old I am? It's not actually <laughs> yeah, a lever, lever anymore, <laughs> right? But yeah, but you know that's going to take the make the voting process a little longer, and that's that's gone into some of our calculations on why we were looking for other locations. Sure, the other part of that too is you expect maybe some of the um, uh, some of the down ballot races to to get fewer votes because right. people will go in and just search for the names they know and vote in those specific elections rather than hit the party ticket right. and select everybody on the ballot. So I'm sure that there are going to be fewer votes for some of those lesser known elections like um, a lot of judges right. and railroad commissioners and things like that right it's definitely going to have an impact all right well there you go guys remember the 13th of october is going to start early voting um, we're going to have them in some different places this year in order to allow there to be space to let people get socially distanced a little easier uh, there's going to be more days in order to let people spread out a little more and give you a little more time to get there. And don't forget, we are now a voting center so that on election day, you can vote anywhere. I'm glad you brought that up, Judge. I was thinking that just as you said it. That's right. Remember, being voting centers means that while you're registered to a certain area, you can vote anywhere in the county that's correct so for instance if you live in athens but you work in gun barrel on election day you could go to the polling place next door to your work and vote right now you still have to have all your id that's you still have to have all of that stuff but you can vote there correct which is another big help to help people um and make it easier for them to vote. It is. It is. All right. So that's going to be the November election. Uh, you will hear more about that as we get closer uh, to that day. It's right around the corner. It's close. Um, it, it, today is the is August twelfth. Uh, before you know it, we are going to be in that part of the election cycle. It's about to really heat up. It is. I'm starting to get um, I'm starting to get mailers. There you go. That's, that's <laughs> how I know. tell by your mailbox. I, I, I can tell <laughs> the mailers are starting to come in and so I know it's getting close. All right. We want to move on now and we want to talk about uh, the weather. It's been a little dry lately and I've been getting some questions uh, on my Hannigan Media page and in the What's Happening in Henderson County group about a possible burn ban. Now, the county currently is not under a burn ban, but that's something that's on your radar. It is. Uh, we currently are not under a burn ban. And normally, as many of you know, that we follow the Keech Byram Index, which measures the moisture in the soil. 
and we have always keyed when when we begin to look at a burn ban to that and it's we go by the average across the county and we have begun to get that on our mind we are actually going to have it on the agenda for next week as a discussion topic okay so let's talk about this just for a second the keech byram uh drought index KBDI yes. is what it is, and it's it's a number in the hundreds mm-hmm. that actually comes from A&M, doesn't yes. it? Yes, from Texas A&M. And they gauge by the uh, moisture in the soil how much of a fuel load there is, correct? Well, the fuel load is of a separate. Oh, okay. Item. Well, there you go. It is strictly on moisture in the soil. At, but um, when you when you talk about fuel load, when you have a wet spring, as we have a number of times, that adds to it. You okay, can have a very right. high heavy fuel load and still have fire problems, and your moisture be high in the soil. Sure. So you have to play it and, and balance the approach. But we hang uh, most of our times on the Keech Byron. All right, so what we're talking about there, folks, is the fact that you have a really good spring. We had a great growing. I was actually sitting out, uh, and I have a beautiful view out my uh, front uh, my front porch of a big hay field, and uh, I was thinking it must have been a good year for hay. Yes, yes, um, very much. That it was just the perfect kind of conditions. You had right. just enough water, and you had just enough rain, and you had enough time to bale it and dry it and, and do everything you had to do. So great year for hay, but that also means a lot of other stuff grew. It, that's right. And most people who are um, their yards this year, the, the crabgrass has been phenomenal. Oh, it, it's, it, been, it, you, it's been beautiful. It has been beautiful. Yes. And, and that tells you that yes. at, in the early spring, we had all of those things that sure. contribute to a heavy fuel load right. on top of what that moisture or, level right. could be in the soil. Right. So if those of you, those of you are listening, if you're like me and, <laughs> and you know that no matter what has happened, that you're going to have to mow on, on Saturday because yeah. like every week, bar none i mean you just got to do it it's that kind of year right which is a great for a lot of things right a lot of growth but that causes that fuel load that we're talking about okay so the keach byron numbers right now have henderson county at an average of 570 which means that and what they're saying is the wettest area of our county as that is at 490 right and the highest or driest area is at 639. So that, again, gives us an average of 570. So what does that mean to the county? Well, we usually um, use the number of 575, and we're right there at it. And we also look at how um, the direction that the index is moving from our, our latest look, it moved 10 points in one day. Uh, ten points ten, up. Ten points up, and that's when you know it's moving quick, and that's part of the reason why we're wanting to act on it now, so that we get ahead of it. Because it's almost um, fires beget fires in many ways, and we really want to stay on top of that. This is also one of those things where we look at this and we can understand when you look at the numbers and break them down this way why burn bans are sometimes not unanimous <laughs> decisions. By commissioner's court, because I know a lot of people would say, wow, you're at the KBDI number 
it seems like a gimme decision. Right. Put a burn ban in effect, but there are big portions of our county that are not in drought region. There are. When you look at just the um, ge- the geography of Henderson County, it's over 50 miles wide. And we sit right on that transition from a clay-based soil to a sandy soil. And weather patterns follow that as well. And you can have one area of the county that is in the 700s as far as the, the um, index goes. And you can have 50 miles away a part of the county that's in the 300s or 400s, just depending on that. Let's just get down to brass tacks. The east is usually kind of wet, <laughs> yes. and the west is dry as can be. Exactly, and and every um, member of the court um, is voting their constituents. Sure, with, especially when it becomes to a um, end to the burn ban. Yeah, the burn ban is the one thing. I mean, I think the 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 what I have noticed over the years is that commissioners' court, the commissioners, other than their their road maintenance responsibilities mm-hmm. normally work together as a unit yes thinking about the county as a whole right because most of the questions are like that true the burn ban is the one thing where everybody all, all of a sudden breaks up into precincts <laughs> over the years we have tried ways to to fit the need i remember one time we put a burn ban in place on the west side of right Highway half 19. the county was in a burn ban <laughs> and, and the other half wasn't and yes that works wonderful on the map but you have overlapping fire jurisdictions sure. and it really became problematic to um right to it seems like that would be an easy idea too but you it's think, not as easy as know, it sounds when you, know, you have your neighbors across 19 waving right, at yeah, you while they're right, burning leaves. Right, they're burning, and you're, you can't because that's where the line was drawn. Right, so that's one is. way to have a really angry constituent. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this is going to be on the. Um, this will be on Commissioner's Court uh, next Tuesday yes. morning, 10 a.m. Uh, your weekly meeting, Commissioner's Court. Um, Real quick, uh, I'm going to say, or do we want to say that you absolutely should put a burn ban in effect because that guarantees it'll rain the next day? <laughs> you know, we have a pretty good percentage rate. You have a good track record when it comes <laughs> <do>. to that. <laughs> We've had it happened on average more than we haven't. So yeah. uh, if you want it to rain, holler at your commissioner and get him to put on a burn ban because it will rain. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. We're going to finish up with uh, COVID-19. And where we are in the county right now. Um, and so our numbers, uh, we're going to pull those up. See, you guys, you don't understand. We're sitting in the commissioner's, uh, the, the, the county judge's courtroom <coughs> where he has set up a nerve center with um, his, his computer and a screen big enough to take up my entire living room. <laughs> And so this is where we've got the information. So, all right, let's talk about, let, no, let's talk about the net health numbers real fast. The net health. And where we are with those, um, which is, those are the daily numbers that we get, guys. And so as of last night, as we wait for the computer, the computer to come, to come up, up. There, it's a little slow. Yes. All right, so as of right now, as of last night, we got 10 new cases yesterday. Uh, 657 total cases with 222 recovered now and 11 deaths. Now, what we do know for sure 
is that when we look at this, and I hate to say it because I'm not trying to blame net health or anything, right. but we have to take these numbers with a grain of salt, the uh, total cases, the active cases, and recovered because we know that sometimes the data lags. We do. Uh, we see it with net health. We see it with the state. We see it nationally. We see it nationally. I mean, and I think uh, Texas Tribune did a story last week, mm-hmm. a pretty good one about, okay, yes, we know that there are problems with the data, which is how come you have to be very careful about taking the data on a day-by-day basis. But when you look at trends, right. they can really tell us a lot about the trends. And right now, the trend as far as cases for Henderson County are actually beginning to level off a little bit. They are. And we've said many times, the count, Henderson County and TSAG runs two to three weeks behind the state trend. And when you look at the numbers, as the state has been plateaued for a couple of weeks and is now in its third week of declining, Henderson County is following that same trend. We are in the plateau portion of it, and also the TSG is in the plateau portion of it. Okay, just because I actually got this question last Mm -hmm. week when we said TSAG, um, and we didn't explain it in in the podcast. We're talking about the trauma service area, the G is just the designation. Right. It's it's a TSA, the Trauma Service Area, the uh, uh, Department of uh, <laughs> Dishes. Dishes. De- <laughs> Department of State, state Health, Health Services. Services. Yeah, yes. State Health yes. Services. Uh, they break the state out into 22 regions, 22. Uh, which is where we get our hospital information from. RTSA includes the Tyler Longview area, right. has about a million people in it. Yes, just 17 under counties. 10 counties. 17. 17 counties, right. just under a million people in it. That's TSAG. So when right. we say TSA, that's what we're talking about. Right. The, the numbers, you can't really find numbers that break down just to our county right. when it comes to hospitalizations. Right. Net health is what we have. Right. And so that's what we've got. Um, so... What's going on with the hospitalization numbers? We know that the regular cases are starting to level out. What about hospitalization? Hospitalizations are are doing the exact same. It it is, um, like I said, the trends are the one thing that we can hang on to because (laughs) whereas we have the issue with the day-to-day granular numbers, the trends give us where we're going. If you look at the, the TSAG numbers, as I said, both... Uh, as reported cases and hospitalizations have have flattened and, and have kind of gone between 20 and 30. We, we hit this plateau around July 21st or 22nd. And incidentally, that was about the time that the state began falling off from a high of 10,900 to about 7,200 today. So it, the interesting thing about it is that the system back in the beginning when we started we were so worried about what we were going to do with if the hospital systems collapse they have done a fantastic job of being able to adjust to meet the rising demand and in the first part of july the numbers show it it was escalating statewide by 500 a day hospitalizations right and in our area it was um, anywhere from 27 to 25 at numerous, but it averaged about 10 to 12 a day at that first part. And the hospital systems statewide and locally have been able to adjust and 
meet that demand even so much so that you know we they just opened the new tower over um, in Tyler at Mother Francis which is a multi-story ER ICU it increased the capacity quite a bit for our TSA region and um, we had a, a net health phone call between the seven county judges and net health uh, last week and discussed that quite a bit how they felt very confident in the run-up to flu season that we would that the capacity is there for our area let's hope that we don't have to meet it and have another surge uh, the concern that I carry is is that we need a falling off. We don't need a plateau that just stays there because that is capacity in use. We need a hospitalization fall off so that if there was a, a second wave, which we've talked about before, we would have that capacity to right. absorb it. And what we're looking at, I mean, a plateau is a great thing, but... Mm-hmm. Even with the plateau, you're still talking about a lot more people being yes, sick are. today than we were talking about back in April. Exactly. We'll even go back to June the 28th. We had in our TSA 58 individuals in the hospital. Yesterday, we still had 235. Right. So that is a huge yeah, number it's still Yeah, still a big jump. Right. And, and again, last week we talked about the fact that the um, people from UT sent out a letter mm-hmm. saying, hey, we just want to let you know we've seen a large jump in the number of really sick people being right. brought into the hospitals. Um, and so and they're – their thing was, hey, remember to tell everybody, wash your hands, exactly. wear your mask, and social distance. Um, but that those numbers, it's great that we're having a plateau. Yes. But we have to remember that it's plateauing at a number that is way higher than it was back in like April and May. That's right. We need it to come down. Um, the last thing I want to talk about as we move out of here, um, and again, let's say that again just in case you've missed it, um, wear a mask social distance, and please wash your hands. Amen. Okay, so uh, one of the things we've talked about and is data dumps. And, you know, we, we started this out, and, and um, I've actually had a few people ask now, you know, how come I'm not putting up net health numbers every day like we were doing at the beginning of all of this, you know, because we'd get two new cases or three new cases, and at the beginning we were reporting every single one. And I know the county did the same thing, right. releasing like, hey, there was a press release. Right. We, we, we've had our third case. Right. Um, but what we found is that uh, while the, as the numbers go up, the public health system gets overwhelmed. Yes. And sometimes the reporting lags. And we had a really good, you had a really good example of that this week when it talked about the number of tests in our county. Yes. uh, Coming from Dishes, as we said before, they actually released 1,000 test results to Henderson County in two days back on August the 8th and 9th. And normally it's... 40 or 50, maybe even sometimes 60 yeah, I was gonna a say, day. In two days, they dump a thousand on us. And So, guys, this is the numbers that we're looking at. It goes 56, 83, 77, 356, 641, 60, 82. Right. So what that is is a 
full-on data dump. It is. It's it's okay, we're playing catch-up, let's catch up, we're going to put these in this day. It's almost a quarter of our entire numbers since June 28th. In two days. In two days. So you either have to believe that those two days were really busy right, or that it was a catch-up. Exactly. And, and it was a catch-up. And look, right. here's, here's my problem with this. Please don't think that that means that there's some nefarious right. plot about COVID. It's simple. Our public health system is overwhelmed. Net Health was designed to provide health services for seven counties on a normal basis, not for a hundred year pandemic. Right. Um, and so. They've been overwhelmed, and it takes time for them to catch up. The other place we see this a lot, and why I, I've heard people talk about, wow, we have this many, this many of the cases are active now. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no way you can know that because one of the numbers that lags most of all is recoveries, right. and that's because they're recovered. That's right. They're worried about the front end where people are sick, not the back end. Right. And, and that is, I believe we saw our largest single jump last Friday when they, when NetHealth releases its new covered numbers. I think we incre- increased by 70 or 80. All in one day. All in one day. So, and, so you either believe that that's a data dump. Right. Or 70 people all got better all in the same day. All in the same day. Yeah. No. Right. They they are handling the numbers because of the whole contact tracing and how sure. exponentially it increases right. when you're having to um, do the contact tracing. And they, they have done a fantastic job. Like I said, we talked about it before, we have half of a person from NetHealth doing our contact tracing. Yeah, didn't tracing we learn that it's actually yet. a third of a person? <laughs> yes, they have Range County too. <laughs> so um, yeah. it's it has been a struggle um, statewide. Locally, nationally, nationally, it, worldwide. I wor- mean, everybody, worldwide. everybody. Exactly. Because again, nobody, you don't plan to be able to handle the, the tsunami mm-hmm. of data right. that has come through. Um, and that's what we're really talking about. And that's why I've, I've said more than once that the first casualty of COVID was our public health system. Yeah. Um, And I think that after this is all over, that that is something that uh, I am hoping that we look at, that local governments even look at, um, how how can we improve um, our our public health system? And I know what it is. I mean, um, you know, you're always looking for ways to save money for the taxpayer and public health systems cost money right and when you're seeing on a day-to-day basis not much return from the money you put into a health system right it's a easy place to say this is where we can cut a little cost so that we can go build a road or this is where we can cut a little cost here so we can put another officer on the street Right. I mean, our um, healthcare system is actually built upon elective sur- elective procedures, and it 
carries the weight of funding our public health system. And that allows the government to spend money in other locations. Sure. To be able to build capacity, which is what governments do, you, I predict in the future you will see a return to, pub, to governmental investment back into the public health sector. So, yeah, you're going you're gonna to have to because, I, I mean, hopefully you never see anything like a COVID again. But I think that it points out the weakness that we have in our public health system and some of the issues that we need to definitely address in exactly. the future. Yes. All right. Well, Judge, thank you very much. That was a, a great <laughs> talk. We talked about the November election coming mm-hmm. up and the fact that we're going to have early voting in some new places to allow people to spread out a little bit because of COVID. And uh, actually, in Athens, going to get a chance to do it at the Texan. That's kind of exciting. Burn yes. ban on the agenda for Tuesday. It's getting dry. Yes. And so we're going to have to see that struggle between the areas of the county that are wet. In the areas of the county that are dry. I think we got four days of 100-degree heat going on. So Yeah, I, mean, I think it might much. be an easy one. Yeah, it might, might be, be an easy one this time around. And COVID numbers are leveling out still very, very high. Right. So make sure to social distance, wash your hands, wear your mask. But the numbers are leveling out. So there, are, are. there is some uh, positive news on that front in Henderson County. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, thank you for letting us in to talk to you about what's going on in our county government. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you, Michael.